You're listening to the Winter Interview Series on the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 400, entitled Interview with Jeremy Nenekoven from Axiom Turf. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions and comments and the feedback that you guys send through each and every week. I really do appreciate that. If you guys are interested in uh, coming on to the show and uh, doing one of these interview episodes. There is still time. You can reach out to me uh, on my website, go to uh, lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact and just send me an email through there. Or alternatively, if you uh, follow on Instagram, you can send me a DM. And if you look in those podcast show notes, you'll see a link to uh, send me a voicemail message. So that is a, another alternative means of uh, contacting uh, me. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's uh, jump into this week's uh, episode. So I'd like to introduce uh, Jeremy Nunakoven to the show. Hey, Jeremy, how's it going? Great. Doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show. I really do appreciate uh, you taking the time out. Yeah, thanks for having me on your podcast. Your uh, last name is a bit of a <laughs> an obstacle for me. I have to really concentrate on uh, on uh, doing this. In fact, uh, obviously, uh, you'll know, the audience won't know, but this is the second take uh, doing this because uh, I messed it up uh, on the first take. No problem. Uh, yeah, pretty common. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, dive right into it and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm uh, about 49 years old. And uh, so I, I feel like I've come to the lawn care, back to the lawn care industry a little bit later in life. But uh, it's been part of my life um, all along. And uh I actually grew up in the States, in central Iowa. Oh, okay. And uh, so my family's from uh, Dutch heritage, mm-hmm. hence the long last name. And uh, long history of uh, farmers and landscapers. And uh, and so I think uh, it's just in my blood, in growing things and seeing things thrive. Um, and so I think it's just maybe destiny that <laughs> I, later in life, came back to doing what I'm doing now. Okay, very cool. So how did you uh, then, because like for me, um, you're a local guy, like you're not very uh, far away from me here on the west coast of Canada. So how did you end up uh, here from uh, originally uh, being in the States? Yeah, that's a, a good good question. Uh, yeah, so uh, growing up in, in Iowa, um, my parents are farmers. And um, in fact, um, a little bit of a background to, to my dad, uh, he... Um, when he was in his teens, uh, his first job actually was working for, uh, he worked at the Vermeer Corporation. Uh, back then it was called Vermeer Manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And he was in the in the shop grinding welds and things like that. And um, 
uh, one day he got, uh, the manager walked in and, and asked him if he'd like to take over mowing all the grass around the plants. And, uh, actually at Gary Vermeer, who was the founder, uh-huh. uh, his personal home and airstrip. Okay. And so, yeah, my dad got his, uh, his first experience cutting grass, uh, out at the Vermeer corporation in Pella, Iowa. So, um, he loved it. And he, I think he would even say he knew that was going to be part of his life. And, um, and so that was uh, the late 60s. And, uh, you know, he got married and uh, we lived, uh, they lived in Iowa and he worked for a farm service company uh, doing soil testing and soil analysis for farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty common in that part of the world and uh, developing fertilizer programs. And, uh, and then uh, we all came along, my siblings and I, and uh, we eventually my mom and dad had an opportunity to um, buy a company, a landscape company from an older gentleman that uh, was looking to downsize and semi-retire. And, and but that meant a move out to uh, Northwest Washington, oh, okay. North of Seattle. And so, um, yeah, we moved out in 1984 and my mom and dad incorporated and started a, a landscape business that uh, they had for 28 years. Oh, wow. And so uh, my siblings and I and lots of our friends and, you know, it was kind of like everyone worked for us. But, uh, yeah, we learned the value of hard work and uh, we were a bit in the heyday of uh, back then. A lot of people wanted their lawns finely manicured. The little town that we lived in, Linden, Washington, uh, was kind of known for its finely manicured uh, turf lawns, okay. uh, a lot of bent grass, uh, fescue. So a lot of our, um, you know, mowing with as a teenager is mowing behind a, you know, a true cut or a California trimmer type mower. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of, of acreage to do with, with those. So we, uh, we walked our legs off. Um, but yeah, so that kind of love of fine turf care was sort of the seeds are planted for that back then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then fast forward to maybe, sort of late college. I, I sort of did it off and on a little bit. Um, but, uh, I did some, uh, small jobs through college, just getting through uh, school and, uh, out of college, I got a business degree and, uh, always thought small business was going to be part of part of the equation. And then, uh, yeah, then sort of later in life, uh, decided to, start this business uh, along with my wife. My wife actually owns the business. Okay. As, uh, I'm American and I'm thus living up here in Canada now for the last 10 years. Uh, just uh, the way it has to be structured for taxes and, the, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She, she owns the business. So um, it, it works very well. She is very instrumental in our decision making and um, corrects me when I'm wrong. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. So is your wife Canadian then? Yeah, yeah, oh. we met at uh, university up here in Langley, and uh, yeah, and her, it's funny, her her dad actually had a, a landscape business as well, a, a small one through, um, as, a, as a moonlighting uh, alongside his career as well. Mm-hmm. So lots of, lots of uh, influence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Sounds like you were uh, kind of destined for uh, this business and, and industry. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. And also explains a lot. Uh, you know, uh, I've uh, been very impressed over the last few years of seeing your Instagram and the, the photos that you post. Um, <clears throat> it really reminds me of like, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Paul Camara. Um on Instagram and his sort of just really high end properties that he deals with. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's what it reminds me when I'm looking at your uh, thing and it, and your story there of using the, like the California trimmers and stuff in uh, Linden, Washington and sort of that really high end uh, turf maintenance, uh, really comes through in your, uh, your Instagram. So, uh, that's very cool, uh, to see, uh, that side of it here, uh, close to home. Uh, you don't, mm-hmm. don't see that too much of that here. no, uh, there, there are pockets around uh, what we call the lower mainland, the Vancouver area. Um, um, and it's funny, it, it seems like it's making a bit of a comeback. Uh, I have a couple of clients who actually own real mowers. One owns a, a, a California trimmer and, and he loves mowing his lawn. He, he gets out there a couple times a week and mm-hmm. mows it off. And he thinks, you know, he budgets to do that. It's, it's a bit of a, a time commitment, for yeah. him, but he makes time and, you know, he, he has a lawn that just the neighbors walk by and, you know, it's a, it's a showstopper. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, obviously I'm guessing that you've been doing this for, uh, quite a few years now. When did you guys, uh, start, um, the actual, uh, Axiom turf? Yeah. Um, yeah. So all in all, uh, probably have been doing lawn care off and on for over 35 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I would say the last 10 years specifically been focused on what you were saying about the high end residential turf mowing with real mowers and um, just, just a higher level of care. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was about four years ago, I was doing a project um, for uh, one of the municipalities here and uh, it was a a bowling green uh, and bent grass was brand new and just been growing in. And um, the, particular city was looking for someone to maintain it and and uh get it to a certain point and so uh i i don't know how really i fell into that but i somebody mentioned somebody mentioned somebody kind of and uh soon i was mowing out there every day with a greens mower and spraying uh liquid fertilizer and you know just generally making sure it was healthy and and it was a lot of fun Mm-hmm. and learned a lot from what you might call the golf the golf side because it was sort of essentially like a giant golf green yeah yeah and that- uh so but we had to have a, a way to um bill the municipality and so at that point i was still doing uh axiom turf wasn't wasn't official yet and we were just uh uh well, i should probably mention the, the background um my other job or my other hat is uh, I actually work for a, a family estate um, here in the lower mainland. And uh, that consumes quite a bit of my time. Okay. And uh, that's, a, that's my day job, if you will. Um, but I actually run my business from their property and their shop. Oh, okay. And, and so um, once, once that property, you know, is sort of in shape for the, for the season, there's, we all take turns mowing parts of it. And, um, I can, I can tell you more about that later, but you know, I had a lot of time to, to do other work on the side. And so, uh, yeah, that was sort of how Axiom was envisioned and, and uh, we incorporated four years ago. Okay. And, um, and so slowly it's been transitioning from, um, the job at the estate to, um, 
more towards Axiom. And I think at some point it will become a hundred percent that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, honestly, I split my time between, between the estate and, and doing what I do with Axiom. Okay. Very cool. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, very unique, uh, story there having, uh, basically taken care of a, a complete estate property, uh, and then, uh, building, uh, the lawn care business on the side. Looking through your Instagram, uh, the one thing I don't see at all, and, and you're, you're, you know, touched on it, uh, and we've touched on it a bit, is, uh, no rotary mowers at all. Um, just, <laughs> Well, that's by design. Yeah. Um, not that I have anything against rotary mowers. Um, there's just obviously a place and time for that. But like I said, the, the seeds of of uh, fine turf were planted a long time ago, and I think it. All I know, you know, I mow my own lawn with with a, a real mower, and mm-hmm. my my clients really want that level of, of service and the the estate that I manage. We have four and a half acres of, of poa and and rye, and um, you know it takes all of us, and we mow that three times a week. Wow! When it, it, yeah, when the season is is really going, and uh, that's sort of the focal point of that property. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do actually have a number of clients. I think I have seven or eight clients now that have gone to robot mowers. Okay, and you know I I uh, wasn't so sure at the beginning, but. Um, there's a lot of benefits there. Mm-hmm. Um, they mow all the time and, you know, it really frees up the homeowner to, to do other things, but it really, it mows well. It, um, it doesn't leave the cool stripes that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only thing that I don't like about them, but uh, they're, they're great. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, rotary mowers, uh, you know, I have, I have, I have an X mark to walk behind. Mm-hmm. I use it here and there. Uh, I just probably haven't gotten a good picture of it yet. So you've inspired me to, to do that this season. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Those robot mowers are definitely, um, you know, something to, uh, that you're going to see more and more of, uh, actually a couple episodes ago, uh, I interviewed, uh, Crest commercial who are uh, coming on to the market this year in North America, launching, uh, mm-hmm. uh, their line of commercial, uh, grade, uh, battery equipment. And, uh, mm-hmm. they were talking a lot about their, uh, robot mowers and, uh, They've got a neat kind of system where um, the robot mower has this sort of mushroom looking head thing on it that you take off and you put it on this other thing that looks like a measuring wheel and you basically run around the lawn and outline, uh, outline the, the areas that you want and it basically mm-hmm. is programming it. And then you put it in so it doesn't require any wiring or anything to be put underground. Um, Uh, It all works on top. And you can actually program the mower to mow stripes. So it's not going random. It'll go in whatever patterns you want to mow. And uh, it'll mow stripes on a lawn if you want. Fantastic. Yeah. So some really neat technology coming on to, uh, um, you know, even uh, with uh, robotic mowers. Uh, So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, So... You mentioned uh, that uh, your wife owns the business and that uh, you're out there as well. Um, do you guys have any other employees or is it just the two of you? It's just the two of us. I'm, I'm the only employee. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I have a friend that uh, helps me once in a while. Um, and uh, she, she helped me a lot last summer, actually. And she's, she's great. Um, she can operate any piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And her love is... Uh, more uh, bookkeeping and things like that. So, um, and, uh, 
I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to have that help, but my son has expressed a lot of interest just in the last couple of weeks. He's uh, going to be graduating from high school. Nice. Yeah. He really, you know, wants to, uh, he has a real drive to work hard. And, and so uh, he's kind of begging to, to learn the ropes. And, and I, I'm very happy about that. Both my kids, my, my daughter works in a greenhouse here in Langley and uh, she, she's got the green thumb. She's got the bug for growing things, a little different bent on, you know, the plant world, but yep. uh, she's propagating plants and growing. And so I, I love it. My whole family, you know, I'm surrounded by people who love to grow things and grow things correctly and see things thrive. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. I've got a a son and daughter as well, uh, both in university at the moment. My daughter sounds really familiar. Uh, Like your daughter, I walk into her room and it's just like Plant City. I always joke that she's like the crazy plant lady. Um, It's just like a jungle in her room and she's always, like you say, propagating all these different plants and stuff. And uh, it's interesting. But then when I ask her, yeah, you want to come out and work with me? She's like, nope. (laughs) Uh, and my son, on the other hand, he's uh, uh, he'll come out and work with me in the summer and help and stuff and to earn a little bit of money and stuff, but he doesn't show as much interest. And it's fun, though, when you take them out. I remember uh, with my son having him to mow and you take things for granted on how you do things and you kind of, you know, let them go. And he, he would mow, like I show him like, hey, you do the stripes like this and this, and then he would mow, but then there'd be like a pole or something in the way or something like that. And he would mow up to the pole, then he would go around it, but then he wouldn't go all the way around it. He would just like start a new line and start mowing. And then he would just go back and forth and then I'd come back and he'd be like, Oh, I'm all done. And then I'd go look and there'd be like this strip of lawn that hasn't been cut behind the other side of the pole that he <laughs> like, so he's like avoiding the pole, but then he's not going all the way back to finish that <laughs> the other side of that stripe. He's just starting a new stripe. So I'm like, <laughs> so it's kind of funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny when, uh, uh, you just, uh, some things that you don't think of, like you, you take for granted, like, uh, like of course they're going to do that or or not do that right they don't know uh the thing so it's uh it's always fun being uh kind of uh, uh what's the thing like sort of uh tiptoeing around being to like the dad part and being the friend part and kind of uh uh trying to guide him and uh, without getting him discouraged or whatever and mm-hmm. uh, but it's interesting they pick it up very very quick uh once you sort of uh point out uh you know how they should change uh yeah. So this next question is probably one of my absolute favorite questions. And it's because when I ask somebody who is a business owner um, or, you know, works for themselves, self-employed, I always get different answers. But if I ask somebody who's only known, um, you know, shift work or being an employee, the answer is always typically about the same. So uh, for you, Jeremy, how would you define success? Um, You know, I, I try to guide... Um, my wife and I both together, we, we sat down early on and thought, you know, what are going to be the guiding principles for our business? Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of types of businesses out there. People conduct businesses different ways, but I think we wanted to really define, um, how, how we conduct ourselves and how we you know, what principles and nothing earth shattering, but you know, we, we just came out up with three things and, and I think they're, they're what has helped us achieve success. And those things are just showing up 
Mm-hmm. I, a lot of people who say that, you know, their previous lawn care person just didn't, didn't show up or yeah. bother to communicate with them. And the second is just to do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, be honest. Uh, I can expand on that a lot, but, uh, and then the third, I think for me, uh, charging appropriately, mm-hmm. um, that's always a tough one. Yes. Yeah. Coming up with budget charge, you know, this business is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself and your decisions and how you conducted yourself and, and be able to sleep at night. And, yeah. And I, I think, um, I, I think those three principles and, and along with my faith too, mm-hmm. is a huge part of my, uh, background and my family. And, and so my, my faith in God definitely drives mm-hmm. uh, all three of things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, <laughs> hear what you're saying there. Uh, recently, I have been. I've always been um, very. Um, uh, I would say uh, God driven. Um, that, but recently, it's felt like uh, very. Uh, just kind of reflecting a lot, even more on it than uh, having past years uh and it's like man like it's really at times you think man it would be so much easier if if it wasn't uh in that right because like you say it's it's you you have to sleep with yourself there's just that voice in your head that it's always you know you always got to do the right thing there's always uh that um guiding direction always taking you uh and you see other people uh taking shortcuts and doing things and uh you just always got to be focused like okay you know i could do that but that's not the right thing to do that's not the the thing so yeah i definitely hear you uh uh, on that uh uh, part of it Mm -hmm. um so with the um, a question I want to ask as well uh, was the uniqueness of your uh, business name, Axiom Turf. So how did that come about? Yeah, um, it took a while to come up with the name. Um, had a few years to think about it. Um, I've always loved the, the word Veritas. Okay. Um, uh, I think it's a, a Latin word. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly. I think it's a Latin word that means truth. Okay. Um, I've always loved that word. And so um, the ideas of, of truth and um, good information or doing things properly, all, all, all along those lines. And so uh, I think I just started you know, Googling different definitions of words is how I literally came up with it and uh, came across the word axiom and knew of another business on the other side of the border that had the same name. But uh, what, well, what does that actually mean? And so the word axiom just means it's a it's like a statement or an idea or a concept and something that's been around for a long time, um, something that's tested time, and people generally accept it to be true. Mm-hmm. So the, so with respect to how that plays out in the business, um, I do a lot of soil testing. I, I love soil, and I, I uh, the last even two years have really gotten into trying to understand how, how soil works. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in uh, you take care of the soil that uh, lawn will just kind of take care of itself. Yes. It sounds a little, a little bit elementary, but mm-hmm. it's, it's completely true. And so um, when I meet a new customer and, and some of them, they get it right away. A lot, I actually have quite a few customers that are, are farmers. Okay. And so music to their ears. Yeah. Yeah. Say, well, like, we're going to start this, this 
journey on lawn care on your property with a soil test. And they're like, yes, have at it. Yeah, yeah. We, we completely understand that, that side of thinking. And so, um, others, you have to explain it a little bit more. And, and they, you know, I have, have a client who's very, uh, um, very much into chemistry and thing wants to know all of that. And mm-hmm. so that's great. You know, you can really get into the, the, the nerd stuff yeah, yeah. about chemistry and biology and, but, um, yeah, so with, with Axiom, being able to take a soil test and develop, say, a, a fertilizer plan for a customer is, uh, you know, you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And show them, here's the test, here's, what, here's what's been happening. Or, you know, if you're trying to solve a problem, you know, the lawn just isn't doing it as well as they'd like. And, well, here's the problem here. Yeah, yeah. pH is too high or low or whatever it is and you can say this is this is what we need to do it's not what i think or what my opinion is and just by looking at i can't really tell so it's a very fair and accurate way to to um to go about it and Mm -hmm. so that's part of feeling good when you when you go to bed at night knowing you serve your customers well and uh yeah yeah that's that makes a lot of sense that's uh I would, uh, like I said, you were, uh, have a lot of uh, farmer customers and stuff like that, that get it right away. Um, again, that's one of those things where you don't see too many companies. I don't do soil tests in my own uh, business. So that's you know something that I should be uh, improving on myself because I'm very much of that um, sort of mindset as well, that you take care of the soil instead of dumping a bunch of chemicals on it and, and doing that. Uh, and just trying sort of a band-aid approach of see what works kind of thing. Um, now, uh, you know, so there's, there's that part of it. Uh, so yeah, that's very uh, interesting to see uh, because I think uh, a lot of people would be under the impression that soil tests would be difficult to uh, try to sell to a customer and explain and charge for and, and that, uh, especially with the costs involved of sending, you know, them out to a lab and all that sort of stuff. Um, so you've had, uh, no, uh, pushback with that. Absolutely not. I've never, ever had somebody say, no, I, I don't really want to pay for that. Um, it, I think it sells itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, the thing I try to say every time is this is the, the, the best money you're going to spend, or it's, it's very inexpensive information to have because it gives us a roadmap to go forward, um, with, you know, creating a lawn plan specifically for your, your lawn or mm-hmm. your various lawn. And so I have, you know, I have a customer, I just sent off about 50 samples and some of these properties I've tested now every year for 10 years. And oh, well. it may sound a little bit excessive, but be, when you want to see, you know, here's all the inputs we made in this past season. And now we can, I can show the customer here's, here's what we did here. Here's what we achieved. And they can, actually see the difference as well yeah the lawn is coming into spring much much better this year Um, yeah yeah so it it, from there on then you've earned their trust um and uh yeah i i i love that approach and uh yeah yeah that's definitely that's definitely a a uh um i wouldn't say unique uh way of doing it because i'm sure there's tons of companies that do do that uh soil samples and stuff like that but it definitely obviously it makes sense like it's uh when you're doing that uh, and then if you're following you know those sort of protocols of looking at okay the ph is off or whatever and then you're doing that of course you're going to have 
better results because you're doing what the was scientifically proven of what that soil needs or what that lawn would need to thrive. Um, so then it's, uh, yeah, it just absolutely makes sense. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of explains looking through your Instagram, uh, what the lawns are looking like, uh, that you're dealing with, right. Uh, because you're following uh, that sort of, uh, approach, starting with a solid foundation of, uh, what you're going to need for that lawn. Cause every lawn is different. Um, all those different, um, you know, aspects uh, of the soil, you know, over years and stuff could be different on every single lawn. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's, uh, that's uh, very refreshing uh, to hear uh, from somebody. Um, so are you focused on strictly just the turf side of it uh, for the uh, uh, Axiom uh, part of your business um, versus like, do you do any other services or is it just the turf stuff? Oh yeah, no, I, I, I can do everything. Um, I, I do edging and hedge trimming and, and uh, you know, a lot of, fill-in work this time of year um, when it's it's cooler and waiting for the lawns to wake up. Um, so yeah, do uh, quite a few hedge uh, jobs on the go even right now. And uh, I do a lot of mechanic work on my equipment. I do all that stuff myself. Uh, just kind of very fussy about that. And some of the equipment is a little more specialized mm-hmm. the type of, so I just have learned to do it myself. Um, but yeah, I, I love all aspects of, of uh the landscaping i don't i don't think you can have a nice uh showing property with only a nice lawn i think having those nice defined edges my my wife loves that crisp edge look you know mm-hmm. defined. i mean if there's one thing that that she will say hey uh you know i've never seen you do that on our lawn can you can you uh, can you do that yeah uh, it's funny it's just that's one thing that really is important to her and mm-hmm. uh, she you know, other flowers and hanging baskets and uh but you know pruning trees you know i there's a lot i'd love to learn from people much more knowledgeable than myself about about doing pruning properly um kind of just winged it for a lot of you um i'm pressure washing and uh but yeah mainly i would say 75 80 percent of what i do is specifically to to the lawns Mm -hmm. Okay, very cool. Yeah, that's similar to to me. Mostly, the focus is on the lawns uh, themselves, the maintenance, the cutting, the trimming, the edging, all that sort of stuff. And then you know, I do the um, like hedge trimming and stuff like that uh, for clients uh, that request it uh, and want that done. Um, so you mentioned uh, there, you touched on um, equipment and doing maintenance and stuff. And one of the things that uh, really uh, popped out uh, to me. Um, over the years of uh, following you on Instagram as well. Uh, and I would uh, tell the listeners to definitely go and follow you on uh, Instagram. Uh, uh, just to, if no other reason, uh, to check out your over um, uh, top dressing machine. Uh, oh. <laughs> and uh, that, because I have never seen anything like that in my life. Um, and I'm gathering, and I think I read something that it was custom built or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, that machine is is one of a kind. Uh, the guy that built it actually lives right here in the Lower Mainland. Okay, and uh, I've got to know him over the years. And uh, we were at a turf show in Richmond, and uh, we were talking about equipment because he he uh, resells and refurbishes off lease golf course equipment and things. And 
and uh, we got to talking about top dressers. I am kind of looking for one and, and never had one. And then I found this machine on Craigslist, literally, and, you know, a guy in Delta. I don't think he had any interest in it anymore. I needed a little bit of work, but anyway, yeah, I, I showed a picture of it to, to this, my friend Ron. And he's like, that, I built that. Oh. <laughs> I built that back in 1990 or something. So that was my prototype. And he actually had a, had a company uh, that manufactured top dressers for golf courses. And, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's probably 30 to 35 years old, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, yeah, I'm doing a little work on it uh, right now, putting a new conveyor belt on it. But yeah, that machine gets used a lot. Very cool. Um, so yeah, top dressing is a is a huge part of uh, fine turf anyway for leveling and uh, I use it for overseeding work. Um, it it can it can move a lot of material and spread it out really evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if anyone is you know wondering whether a top dresser would be a good addition as a piece of equipment for their fleet. If they do a lot of that type of lawn work, I definitely would recommend it. There's mm-hmm. some great machines out there. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Just watching a video clip of it in the background here, uh, of it uh, going, it's yeah, it's wow. My back would be like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little tiring to run for sure. We have a couple of sports field projects coming up here in uh, Surrey and, uh, it, it, it's, you know, like 40 tons of sand per field. Mm-hmm. And we have, multiple fields and so um you know you, yep. you take a good good chunk of the day and so you're on that machine mm-hmm. but it would just save so much time versus like having oh. to manually rake you know oh, yeah you'd never do it with them. yeah like when i'm doing top dressing like a bunch of them and stuff it's like i can't uh stand up straight for a week from being kind of hunched over the rake <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Is it neat uh, how you can find uh, you know occasionally a, a gem uh, on Craigslist um, mm-hmm. like that? Uh, I picked up uh, a few years ago. I uh, just happened to be going through uh, uh, Craigslist and saw a <clears throat> a, a custom built uh, compost tea sprayer, uh, and it was mm-hmm. like this tank on a trailer with some wheels and uh, the pumps and all that stuff. And when I went to go look at it. Um, the guy ended up actually being, he was like the head gardener uh, for Granville Island here uh, locally. Um, and he used that uh, as his, because he said they had switched over to doing like all natural and compost tea and all that stuff. Uh, so he used it for like the previous 10 years and then he retired. So it was like all the equipment was his. So he took everything with him. And uh, so then I bought it off of him. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of neat to see uh, those uh, um occasionally uh, those little gems pop up uh, mm-hmm. that uh, you can find. So uh, this uh, next question is probably the one that gives people the most pause for thought. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the question, but then I'll go uh, to commercial break and then uh, we'll get your answer right after. Uh, so the question is uh, share a time with us uh, when you uh, uh, struggled in your business and what you learned um, or did to overcome it. So uh, we'll get back uh, with you right after this. So stay tuned. Hey, Lenny Magnell here. As a product manager at Xmark, I'm focused on innovations that keep your mowers up and running so they'll be ready to roll whenever there's grass to be cut. Our new Tractus airless drive tires maximize the productivity and uptime performance of our Laser Z mowers. When combined with our semi-pneumatic front caster tires, Tractus eliminates flat tire-related downtime. When you've had enough of productivity-killing flat tires, 
It's time for Tractus. Learn more at xmark.com. All right, Jeremy. So uh, share a time with us when you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. That's a really good question. Um, I think the, the category of things that are the, are the biggest struggle for me are in trying to understand and meet certain customer expectations. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe one example in the last five years, um, just, just one, one client who had a, a certain idea of, of how it was going to look after a certain amount of time, which I wasn't aware of, or and I think there was a, a gathering or a, an event at their house. And, um, you know, I think there was a, an expectation that I hadn't been made aware of. Mm. Uh, and, and so, you know, a lawn, getting a lawn in shape is sometimes a bit of a journey and, and can take time and, uh, can't necessarily speed things along when you want to. And so, um, it, I think the struggle was trying to communicate as gently as you can. I, I, I would love to do more for you and more to make this happen, but there isn't any more we can do. We have to kind of wait and let this play out mm-hmm. to let correct uh, itself and the chemistry. And, uh, you know, there's no magic uh, bullet product that I can put on the lawn yeah, <laughs> to yeah. fix them immediately. And um, that was kind of a one in the one time that that's happened. And uh, I think maybe another struggle would just be, um, I know you only asked for one, but one is just the cost of equipment and knowing where to spend money and, mm-hmm. and what to, what kind of um, debt to take on as far as equipment. Um, it, it surprises me sometimes how much stuff costs, um, but you have to be in tune with your costs a hundred percent. And uh, so I, that's one thing I really struggle with is like, how do I justify buying this $20,000 piece of equipment that I know would make my life a lot easier. Um, but you know, it's an initial shock and how do I do I finance that? Do I just, you know, pay it out? Do I borrow? Do I go in with somebody else on this piece of equipment? Mm-hmm. So that that's on my mind a lot. Um, because I, you need equipment and if you, if you're going to grow and offer the things that you want to offer, um, you got to have good equipment and stuff that does the job. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it's one of those things. It's you always got to get into your um, or try to. I, at least for me, I was trying to get into the mindset that um, it's you know if it's something that I'm is you know even if it's like a bunch of of money and stuff. Number one, do I need it? Like uh, like I'll give my truck for an example, right? Um, so I've been toying with buying a new truck and stuff, but you look at the price of new trucks and it's like they're insanely expensive at the moment. Right. And it's like, okay, do I really need a new truck? My truck is, it's older, uh, but it still looks really good. Actually. In fact, I get clients every year without fail, always asking me if I bought a new truck when they see it, because it's always like clean and, and that, right. It's well taken. So it's like, okay, well, I don't really need that. It's not going to improve my business buying a new truck. Sure. It'll, you know, it'll look fancy and all that stuff. It'll look nice on Instagram, a brand new truck, but it's not something that's necessary. Um, but, 
you know, with equipment and stuff, it's also something that is like, uh, you know, compared to like buying a boat. Right? It's like, okay, well, I spent all this money and buy a boat. Yeah, it's great. It's going to depreciate and it'll be fun and stuff, but it's not making me any money. Whereas if I buy this piece of equipment, yes, it's expensive and all that, but it's going to be making me money. So, you know, it's one of those things where you got to, uh, I find for me, what works is just kind of putting myself in that mindset of, okay, it's, it's making me money though, right? It's, uh, um, and it took a long time for me to learn that. Um, I, th- I always say, that, tell the story like when I started my lawn care business, I started by buying a franchise, uh, and I was in a franchise system here locally. And uh, one of the greatest lessons that I learned from that franchise, uh, or gifts that I got with that franchise, was that you were forced to, part of your franchise fee was all brand new commercial equipment. And uh, I learned the value of having commercial equipment, because it was part of my package. And I had, you know, I started using it. And I was like, Oh, like this stuff is like really good. Like it doesn't break down. It doesn't, you know. Oh, and if I need a part, the dealer usually has this stuff in stock because it's, you know, common, you know, uh, uh, you know, common mowers and stuff that uh, a lot of their landscapers use and stuff. So they have, you know, all that sort of uh, basic stuff uh, in stock to be able to get you back working and stuff. Um, whereas, you know, if I started on my own, I might've kind of cheaped out and used, you know, maybe homeowner equipment or whatever. And so I, you know, learned that lesson. So sometimes it just takes, um, you know, time, uh, to kind of, uh, learn that as you go. Um, uh, but it can still be a challenge, like you say, when, when it's something that's really expensive, uh, and, and you kind of uh, try to justify that. Um, when speaking about, um, like, uh, lessons learned or things like that, or, uh, you know, times you struggled in your business. One of the things that came to mind uh, for me looking through your Instagram as well and knowing, like I've told this story last year um, to people, um, is that uh, we had some crazy weather patterns happening here in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, one of the things, and, and it seemed like every week there was some weird weather thing that would happen that would be called something that I had never heard of in my life until that point, heat domes and stuff. And then we got something called an atmospheric river. And I tried to explain to the audience, like, it's exactly like what it sounds like. It's a river in the sky. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. uh, I I tried to um, uh, illustrate in my words to people how some of the areas were affected by flooding and how crazy it was uh, by um, explaining, like seeing the news and seeing farmers um, pulling their cows out behind jet skis while the farmer's on the jet ski and he's got a rope around the cow's neck and the cow is swimming behind the jet ski across Mm -hmm. what was a field. Now, looking through your Instagram, I remember seeing that you were affected by this um, in your location and seeing like where your equipment was, like the whole um, shop or whatever was like completely flooded. So uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, that, what happened there. Yeah. uh, So as I mentioned earlier, um, I run my business from from the shop at the estate that I that I work at, and um, it's a it's a very awesome situation to have that kind of space to mm-hmm. store my equipment and fertilizer. But uh, like you're saying, the, the amount of rain we get a lot of rain here in, in the Northwest. It's I mean we're used to it. Yeah, I don't live here unless you you get that. But that amount of rain in November and December was it was just. You couldn't believe it every mm-hmm. day. Wake up and it just it poured hard. Yeah, 
it, it just didn't stop. Mm-hmm. It didn't stop for eight days. Yeah. And you knew that, you know, obviously there's going to be flooding. You can always think of the spots. And I knew my shop was going to be, you know, probably <laughs> it, it does flood once in a while. It's usually just a, a couple of big puddles in there, but at the time was a solid 12 inches of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really fortunate. I had put most of my, my perishable product, my fertilizers and things. And, uh, I put those up, up high mm-hmm. and, um, the only piece of equipment I, I lost, um, or had to have fixed was my Milwaukee impact gun. Oh, okay. Believe it or none. And I was able to get, get down there right at the peak of the flooding and actually get most of the equipment started up and moved out of, out of there to higher ground. And, um, yeah, there was some you know, things that got kind of rusty and, but yeah, the only piece of equipment I, I really lost was that Milwaukee impact. I'd be very thankful that it was limited to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it, uh, it didn't affect me as badly as it might've, might've looked. It, it was bad. There was a lot of oil and gasoline and other, you know, fertilizer residues and stuff around, but uh, we got it cleaned up. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so any, um, were there any sort of precautions that you or that particular property owner could take to kind of prevent that in the future? Or is that just something that is just like, well, um, you know, it was like a once in a lifetime sort of event. No, I don't think there's anything the property owner could have done. Uh, my, my employer could have done, um, the way they had to build, build the building. It, it's a little bit lower than the parking lot and you know, may, maybe something could have been done 20 years ago, but I, I don't think there's anything that could have been done. I, I have to be thankful to have that space. Yeah. And so sometimes it's better not to rock the boat. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I did, I did actually, uh, you know, when you're talking about the stories and the, and the scenes on the news, I did talk to one of the local turf farmers just here two weeks ago at the turf show. And, uh, you know, Bert Boss and Boss Sod, he, you know, I was, like is your land just ruined mm-hmm. you know all the all the chemicals and things floating around in the water didn't that just completely ruin your ruin all your sod farms and uh he said surprisingly not he said you know we're, we're geared up to have a, a great 2023 and i couldn't believe it i i thought for sure that you know it, they would be sunk yeah 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 because it was just crazy it was like <laughs> like miles and miles or kilometers and square kilometers just like underwater it was just yeah we drove out there a few times um just to make sure some friends were okay and like yeah believe it it it, like the scene the one one equipment place i I do business at um they were completely flooded out and so i was there once once all that had gone down and they sort of had started to reopen late last year um but walking into the building, seeing the, the high mark, the mm-hmm. water mark of the building, and, and like, you can't be serious. It was that high. And they're like, oh, it was. It was above our countertop. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think for a lot of farmers, it really hit the farmers hard and, uh, and turf farms because they're all out in that in that Fraser Valley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's and, some. Uh, yeah, it. it it was just mind boggling. There's just down the street from me, there's like a, in the neighborhood that I live in, there's a lot of, um, I guess they would call it, be called like a, a retention pond or something like that. It's like for like the storm drains to kind of, uh, fill into, um, they're just like big areas of grass, uh, that are like just big, 
ditches or troughs or whatever uh, of grass um, or field, right? A sunken field that the the, uh, storm drains go into. And there's one in particular that's kind of like in a park or it's like in the center of the park. Um, And uh, it's in the wintertime uh, when whenever we get snow, it's like the neighborhood hangout. Like all the kids go there. It's like this awesome, huge hill that all they all go sledding down and stuff. And I remember immediately thinking about that hill when it was raining during that time. So I went out there and uh, got out and walked uh, through the trail to the center of the park where that uh, slope is. And I kid you not, it was water to the very top. It's like 20 feet deep in the center. And I was like, that is insanity. Like I had to take a video to send to my kids. I'm like, this is where, you you know, as kids, you guys were like, you know, uh, sledding down the hill. Like it's, uh, looks like a, a huge swimming pool. It's just just crazy the amount of water like you said it was just relentless non-stop uh, for those eight days uh, so i'm glad uh yeah f- from seeing your photos and stuff that it uh you know turned out to not to be uh as bad as it looked in those photos in terms of you know equipment lost and stuff because i was thinking oh man like hopefully uh he didn't lose a, a bunch of stuff <clears throat> happening there because that would be uh, uh tough to recover from yeah exactly um so uh one of the most uh, common questions that I get in my business here locally, uh, when I meet people for the first time, new clients and stuff like that, or even at a, like a party or something like that, and somebody meets me and they ask, what do you do for a living and all that sort of stuff? They, the next question, uh, without fail is always, what do you do in the wintertime? So, uh, obviously there's a winter and off season, uh, in your business. So what do you do in the wintertime? Uh, yeah, right now, uh, doing uh, some hedge trimming. I have a few hedge hedge uh, trimming projects on the go, uh, pre-pruning. Uh, that's mostly at the estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then equipment maintenance. There's there's a solid three weeks or so of, of just oil changes and uh, real mowers. You know, they need to Lots. take the heads to be ground on, on, you know, and that, you know, takes special equipment to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just getting everything ready, uh, getting trailers ready, um, getting the truck maintained and um, yeah, just trying to think of new ideas. Uh, I love, I'm an equipment hound. I love to find uh, you're talking about this compost tea spray. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, part of my morning routine is to, especially in the winters to, you know, browse through Craigslist or, or a Facebook marketplace and look for something I might not necessarily be looking for, but it might, might be able to be adapted to help me do what I'm doing mm-hmm. or be modified, or I might be able to create something um, from scratch. Uh, my, my father-in-law is a fantastic, uh, he should have been an engineer, but he, he um, detected other things in his career, but he, he's, he's fantastic at figuring out uh, and engineering things and welding. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have somebody to do your welding for you or, or know how to weld. It's yeah. essential. <laughs> um, and so he and I are always meeting for lunch and brainstorming, you know, how could we, could we create something to do this? And, and we have, we've created some, some modifications or I love modifying equipment. Mm-hmm. It never quite does what I want it to do yeah, or yeah. how I want it. Yeah. So, uh, I do a lot of that stuff in the winter. I've gotten into 3d printing. It's more of a hobby, mm-hmm. but it's come in really handy for making parts and oh, yeah. pieces stuff for my equipment yeah you know, and, and you know, i break some little plastic part that's 
you know, a hundred dollars through a dealer, you mm-hmm. know, I can go and try to design this and print it out myself and it'll, it'll look just as good or do the job. Yeah. Yeah. So gotten into, into that a little bit design work and, um, what it's else? A, yeah. That one's a rabbit hole for sure. I, I've done the same. I've gotten into 3d printing over the last few years, um, oh. with a little, uh, uh, Ender three V two. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's been amazing for that sort of stuff. I've made uh, gaskets uh, for yes. my uh, Xmark uh, mower. The the gas cap was like leaking, and then I looked in the little rubber gasket, and it was uh, uh, was busted. And I was like, okay, well, I could go to the dealer and get one, but you know, what if I just try making one, right? So, I uh, had some uh, sort of a silicone type of uh, filament. So I quickly mm-hmm. looked up the properties, and it was uh, listed as excellent for uh, chemical resistance of gasoline. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> let's awesome. let's print that. out a gasket right so i printed out a gasket and it's been perfect it's held up it's been about three years now and uh, no issues and stuff but like see yeah little plastic parts or things that you need it's uh quite the rabbit hole that you can get yourself into because uh, i try to explain to people when they ask me like uh, you know what can you do with it and i said <laughs> what's uh limited only by your imagination basically uh mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's a, a fun little hobby to get into mm-hmm I have done, also I should mention, I, I have done a little bit of uh, work in uh, the snow business. Okay. Um, not, not my own business. Um, as you know, the insurance has gotten... Yeah, out of hand. It, it's unbelievable what, what the insurance policies are. Now, I, I can't even get a policy to do snow removal. Um, not necessarily something I want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. I have other things. Too, but I do have a, a friend uh, of mine that has a fairly big company here uh, in White Rock, and uh, and so I I just work part uh, a little bit here and there for him, and uh, making brine and making uh, making parts or fixing things or designing spray bars for his trucks, um, you know that kind of thing. Just more of a, a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it's a very good uh, relationship. Uh, he's he's got a lot of ideas and very creative. And uh, and so I think some of this uh, design and 3D printing stuff uh, it, it serves him uh, pretty pretty well too. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about different ideas and so yeah, very cool. Yeah, even just to uh, prototype things and just mm-hmm. sort of have it in your hand like a physical object before like even if you're gonna you know have it made in some other material down the line eventually but be able to sort of 3d print and kind of see that concept and even try it out sort of in that form and uh you know um work with it and stuff uh, yeah like i said very cool uh, and neat uh, um thing to get into um mm-hmm. with your business because it's so um, I would, uh, I'm going to call it unique, um, with the soil testing, with the, uh, real mowing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, how do you market your business? Um, maybe share your one number one marketing tip and do you get, um, a lot of clients like that, that are calling you up thinking that you're just like the regular lawn care company. And then you got to kind of explain to them that, you know, it's different. That's a good question. I don't think I have, of all my current clients, I don't think I have a single one that hasn't been a, a referral from an, a, a current client. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a big leapfrog. Yeah. Um, most everybody who, who has called and has become a new client almost is always someone who has seen what we've done at yeah. their house and, 
you know, they, they, I think they understand the approach and, mm-hmm. um, they can't wait to get started. And, but you know, this is not how my guy was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to not to knock how anyone else does anything. I certainly don't want to do that, but, um, I think, yeah, it, marketing wise, I, I haven't spent any, anything on marketing. Okay, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Um, it's just been a, a, a great ride of, uh, of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might, I, I have a lot of friends who, you know, are very, very successful in other trades and construction and, um, snow removal and things like that. Um, who really want to see me blow the doors off, you know, this, and I, I'm a little more cautious and I want to see slow managed growth. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to make sure that I'm always sticking to my guns with how I, how I do things and those back to those uh, three principles. And so, uh, with yeah, with marketing, it's just um, the clients seem to already know. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? what that's um, uh, absolutely what I figured you were going to say. Uh, just like I say, from the look, and and I think my point in uh, kind of circling back uh, and sort of explaining why um, with you in particular, knowing that that would be your answer, um, and why I would ask the question is because I always hear from people that the industry is too saturated. There's too many people, too many businesses and stuff. And and I always think about it in the terms of, I think you're thinking of it in the wrong way because there's mm-hmm. always room if you set yourself apart from other the other businesses. And that's exactly yep. what you're doing. You're doing something, you're cutting grass, but you're doing it in a completely different way than 90% of the other businesses. And you're taking it from a completely different approach in, like you said, starting with the soil and the soil health uh, as sort of that main foundation to uh, to work up on. And it's absolutely going to attract those types of clients um, that, uh, you know, those, those ones, their friends, their neighbors are going to see that and will be likewise uh, probably intrigued by, uh, you know, what it would take to have their lawns uh, um, look that good as well. So, yeah, interesting um, to uh, kind of, uh, I think that's the first time I've asked a question uh, of somebody, mm-hmm. uh, that marketing question, and knew exactly what they were going to say <laughs> before <laughs> before they answered it. Uh, just had a feeling that that's uh, what you were going to say, but I was like, you know, I think that uh, has some value in showing that, uh, um, you know, you don't have to do a ton of marketing. You don't have to do, if you're setting yourself apart, they, you know, what was that uh, the movie Field of Dreams, you know, if you build it, they will come sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of comes around uh, to that. Uh, so what are your, what would you say are your uh, future plans or goals for your business? Well, I think growth is always on my mind. Um, and it's, I think with, with growth, there's always the painful part of having to let other things maybe that you also love doing and maybe go or not focus on those things as much. So maybe I, as I grow, I don't do some of the ancillary things like, hedge trimming or Mm -hmm. some of the general landscape work but at the same time uh you know i have a a number of clients who it's um it's just like they want to keep me on sort of just retain me and have me around to can can you do this can you fix that irrigation can you Mm -hmm. can you fix a robot more you know like yes I i can things but yeah as you grow do you say no to those things or do you focus on just keeping 
fewer, but you know, maybe clients that uh, it's a bigger chunk of your income. Mm-hmm. Those are the questions that are on my mind constantly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would love to grow it. You know, I'd love to um, you know really really see this thing uh, get you know get to something amazing. Yeah. And um, but I don't want to sacrifice uh, the quality or or the principles that have it's been built on mm-hmm. either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I've had um, you know, similar challenges like that as well. Um, and it's always neat um, when you build a customer base that you know you've had uh, loyalty over the years. With uh, I had one ask me similarly. They text me over the winter. Hey, um, you know. Uh, can you take care of this for me? And it was something I don't do. And I just said, well, I, it's not, you know, it's something I'm not, I don't uh, uh, do. And she responded, no problem. Um, she says, I always think to ask you first before, you know, anytime I need anything. And I think, and it's like, wow, like, that's awesome. Like the, the no like and trust there um, that she would think to ask me um, before, you know, looking to see if somebody else will do it or whatever um, is just amazing to have that sort of a thing. But then it puts you in that predicament of, you know, you don't want to let them down, but at the same time, you got to focus in on the things that, uh, you know, you have to do in your business and, and not get sort of distracted by other things that might, um, you know, take longer or um, that you'll have to figure out or whatever the case or that you can't, you know, don't feel quite comfortable doing or whatever the case may be, but uh, you feel kind of uh, honored that they would ask you in the first place uh, to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, is there a, um, like a weird story or a fun thing that's happened to you over the course of uh, the years that you could share? Oh, I just thought of one uh, a couple minutes ago. Uh, it happened back in the days of my parents' business, but we were, finishing up a property <laughs> mowing and it was pouring rain kind of in the middle of June. And it was a bit of a lightning storm and, and uh, just mowing along and the, and the lightning struck the building of uh, the gutter mm. and it arced across from the gutter over to my arm <laughs> and it knocked me right down. And oh, wow. so, uh, actually got struck by lightning indirectly. Oh. <laughs> and, but, you know, this is maybe not such a good idea to be, Mowing grass and in, in uh, a lightning storm. Yeah, yeah. So that was a crazy thing. Wow, that's um, crazy. I haven't heard that one before. That's a, that's a that's a first. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's always uh, you know odd things that happen, things you see, and I, I'm just not. I'm kind of drawing a blank on any others, but yeah, no, the the lightning one's good. <laughs> it's one I haven't one I haven't heard before. <laughs> I was glad you didn't uh, get hurt or anything from that. No, it must no. have scared scared you pretty well. Yeah, it it, it was wild. Uh, I know my dad came running over, and I mean, saw it clearly. There's no mistake. Mm-hmm. It hurt. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So, if you um, were to start your lawn care, like the Axiom uh, turf part of your business, um all over again. Is there one thing that you would do differently? Ooh, uh, I would have started a lot sooner. Mm. I think the joy of owning your bit, owning your own business is, uh, I think it's pretty hard to compare to working for someone else. I kind of have the best of both of those worlds. Mm -hmm. 
but I think ultimately uh, I will find as I go along that uh, I, I keep telling myself I should have started this thing a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I would have, and maybe I couldn't see it at the time, the, this, this social media um, aspect of doing business nowadays is, is much more, um, there's much more of an effect and much more uh, important mm-hmm. and might, might just be the, the advertising that, that people use nowadays. And uh, yeah. I, I, I will admit I'm not, uh, I'm not super up on, on a lot of the social media stuff. I, I like to do it. It's sort of a, um, a rolling, um, uh, what do you call it? Just, uh, sort of like your, um, you know, when you, when you do a job interview with somebody, yeah, yeah. you know, it's your, uh, I can't think of the word, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think also maybe being willing to, uh, partner with somebody, maybe not necessarily in your industry, but somebody as a mentor Okay. and somebody who's willing to tell you the hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, you know, these are the things that aren't necessarily your strengths. And so I'd recommend you do this or that, mm-hmm. or, you know, how to, how to spend money back to that again. Yep. Uh, how to, um, focus your business on certain things. Yep. Um, these are the things you do were very well. I think you should really pour your heart and soul into those areas. And, uh, cause sometimes you, when you're in it, you can't see it. Yeah. And sometimes it takes someone with a, a 20,000 foot view of what you're doing mm-hmm. and say, Hey, it's been kind of noticing. And I have a couple of friends like this and, and you know, what, what you're doing is, is great, but really to get where I think you want to go, this is what you have to do. Um, you need to spend money on that or, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you need to actually do some proper marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. And so those are all things I'm looking at and, and, it's, taking to heart. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to find somebody like that, that you can, uh, you know, ask and know, uh, that they'll be honest with you, taking that sort of bird's eye view, look at it, um, from, you know, a different perspective. Um, I found, um, you know, with my own, um, sort of, uh, uh, trials and things with things like, um, say like YouTube or something like that and doing videos and, and early on, um, you know, asking some, uh, you know, bigger sort of uh, YouTube people, um, yeah. you know, if they could, you know, look at the channel and what, what they think I'm doing wrong or, or what, whatever the thing is. And, and they would never give me a straight answer. And I was like, you know, it's okay. You can tell me, I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm not going to, you know, thing you can be completely honest. And it was very difficult to have anybody, uh, not kind of just be, you know, sugarcoating stuff right and it's like dang like what's like i'm I'm giving you permission to like, rip it apart and tell me you know but uh yeah it's it's tough uh people don't want to hurt your feelings and stuff even if you're telling them that no like you're doing me a favor if you've uh you know you're not as long as you're not being mean and stuff just be honest with uh your assessment of uh, the business or whatever the case may be what you think um like mm-hmm. it's, it's valuable getting that perspective from other uh other people like say that that to have a different view of it. Um, what would you say is your biggest frustration about running your business? Hmm. 
That's a, that's a hard question. Uh, I think for me right now, it, it's juggling the time between my day job, my salary job, yeah, yeah. And, and running this business and sort of knowing what's appropriate as far as how much time to spend it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a great situation. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to have a couple of eggs in different baskets. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt for a long time that that's maybe a good approach, at least for me, um, to have to have some options. I think in the world we live in, it's uh, um, it can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with a lot of uncertainty about everything, um, just having options to be able to shift quickly or pivot and do something different or pour yep. your energy into something else. Um, I, I would say then maybe to answer my question or your question is just the frustration is just uncertainty. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I, I hate not knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Very cool. So with, um, just out of curiosity with that, um, uh, estate job, how did you fall into that? And, um, what sort of duties do you take care of there? Mm-hmm. Uh, that came as a result of, of, uh, moving up here and, and getting permanent resident, mm-hmm. uh, status in Canada. So we, my wife and I, we, we lived south of the border and we decided at some point that, uh, it made sense for us for a couple of reasons to move up here and mm-hmm. uh you know we lives here and we wanted to be close to the border so we could still you know have access to both families and, yeah. and we do we, live, we you know literally 10 minutes away from either side it's 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 wonderful where we live yeah um but um yeah when i moved up here and got my my permanent status status uh, permanent resident status i needed a job um and i you know you can't just go and apply for anything and so um my father-in-law actually was working for this family okay and in a different capacity but he said you know you're you're the fit for this and maybe it's not long term but at least they'll get you a start and met with the family and right away it was a good fit and so uh you know was doing all the things i already knew how to do and and one of the great things was they already had all the equipment okay uh, committed to you know, a, a, a budget that, you know, they said, you know, we want the lawns to look a certain way and they were willing to spend the money to mm-hmm. do that and, and provide the equipment to do that. So it made my job and transition up here really easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's been a, a great relationship and, and, uh, were able to make that property what they wanted for a long time. It did, they just didn't ever have anybody to manage like, all that. Yeah. Yeah. And, so uh, that that's how I uh, got the, the position there, and then, as you know, it's evolved into other things and side work, and eventually axing turf too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, man, I could go on talking to you for hours. It seems uh, I've got like a whole bunch of questions I didn't ask, but I'm going to be respectful of your time as well. Um, so uh, I'm going to cut it down to the last two questions here. Um, so. Uh, 
this next question is uh, another one of my favorites, and that's just share your best piece of advice with those just starting out in the business. But I want you to come at this from the point of view that the person asking you is somebody that you know and that you like, and you would only want to see the best uh, for. So if somebody like that came up to you and said, Jeremy, I'm thinking about starting my own lawn care business. What's your best piece of advice for me? What would you tell them? Well, I would say don't don't be afraid to do it. Um, it's easier to start a business than you think. Mm-hmm. And I would say scrape, borrow, beg <laughs> to get the money you need together mm-hmm. at whatever level you want to start out at and okay. to, to, to get that start. Okay. Um, like I wish I would have started a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the, the fear of, you know, like, oh, I don't have the money to do that. But yeah, yeah. There, there's there's ways there's ways to make yeah. it happen partner with somebody and then learn all you can uh i i can't stress enough reading books and articles and just doing research on your own taking classes um i've done all those things and i they're they're nothing but valuable to mm-hmm. just your your uh your knowledge base and your credibility yeah and uh, again, just back to when you when you're actually executing what you're doing, you're feeling really good about what you're doing because you're doing it the way it works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I always tell people like when um, another actually another benefit of when I joined that franchise was one of the things I didn't even know about was they offered um, if uh, you wanted to enroll in a local college, and at the time it was uh, Douglas College. Um, they had a residential landscape technician course. And if you uh, enrolled in that, the franchise would pay for half of it. Um, so I did that and it's been valuable for these last you know, 17, 18 years in business. There's always stuff that I've drawn up. It makes you more confident when you're talking to people, just knowing the basics about plants and pruning techniques and things like that. It makes you sound, you know, whether, you know, whether it's true or not, it makes you sound like you know what you're talking about when you know how to do things properly and stuff like that. It's helped immensely, uh, yeah. you know, knowing just all those different uh, basic skills and stuff. Um, so yeah, that was a, it's a, a great thing to always be, uh, in, you know, um, uh, increasing your education in the industry, um, and, and learning all sorts of uh, different aspects and it's always changing, right? There's always, um, different rules and regulations and, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. so the last question I have for you is super easy and that is, uh, how can people follow you online? Um, it, my, most of my presence online is uh, my Instagram account currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Expand into other um, platforms, but my uh, Instagram account is uh, just simply Axiom Turf, all one word. Yeah. A X I T U R F. And I do have a Facebook page as well with, with the same Axiom Turf name. And uh, yeah, there's pictures, and uh, I'm always happy to talk to people. I do have get the occasional random question or message. How do you do this? Or you know, how do I get started in liquids or something? whatever it is. I, I love to talk to people. I think that's uh, one of the things about this industry. I love, I've made some incredible friends mm-hmm. uh, and had, you know, I'm able to actually call them on their personal phone. You mm-hmm. know, hey, I'm you know, kind of struggling with this or you know, what, what do you think about this or, or vice versa. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's just something in the, in the lawn and landscape world that uh, I'm sure it exists in all, in all trades, but I, I think, uh, 
I think the landscape and one uh, folks, they, they get each other. Yeah. And they understand the struggles and want to support each other through it and, and want to see each other succeed too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I always say that there's, um, you know, there's, uh, so much work out there, right? It's like, um, I don't see a lot of times others as competition because it's like, I can't do all these houses anyways. Like even, no, uh, right. It. It's like, no, there's, there's, there's so, so there's so much work out there, right? That uh, to do, so it's not a, a huge deal, uh, and people are always willing to uh, to share and help out and stuff. Uh, so, Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, coming onto the show. I really uh, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you're one of the ones uh, that I've had uh, just my eye on the last few years. Like I say, just because of the unique, I see the quality of turf. Um, the, the quality of the lawns that you're doing, like I said, uh, for those that listen to the podcast, they're familiar because uh, I've had uh, Paul Kamara on the the podcast a bunch of times, a lot of similar estates and things that he does, uh, and um, you know, uh, very high level work. Uh, so it reminded me a lot of that. Uh, but you're in my backyard, basically. Uh, so that's interesting to see uh, that because uh, it's not something I would think would work here. Uh, so you've opened my eyes and educated me as well that, um, you know, that super high end turf, real mowing and all that stuff is a possibility here on the wet coast uh, of uh, Canada. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Thank you very much, Julia, for having me on your show. And, and uh, the questions are great. Awesome. Thank you so much. So there you have it, Long Care Nation. Hope you guys enjoyed that value-packed interview episode with uh, Jeremy uh, Nunakoven from Axiom Turf. I'll leave some links in the podcast show notes for his Instagram page, uh, as well as uh, his Facebook account. Uh, I would implore you guys to go over and follow him. Uh, like I said, uh, just checking out uh, what he's all about, the types of lawns that he's doing, the level of uh, quality work that he's doing, and just uh, even to check out that uh, top dressing machine uh, that he has is absolutely uh, pretty impressive as well. So uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>